Good morning. It is Monday, December 14th, 8.34 a.m. I hope y'all had a good week. I know I did. I've been really freaking busy. Pardon the delay in getting the podcast out this morning. I was doing a wee bit of research for part one of my series, Phil Collins. A Tale of Three Wives. So, as you guys know, I use Phil Collins' image to advertise the podcast. um, Because the podcast is named Just Another Day in Paradise, which is also a Phil Collins song. I'm not, you know, any particular huge fan of Phil Collins. Uh, I do enjoy his music. Um, He seems like a lovable guy. And I do like Genesis, I think, a lot more. Early Genesis. Um, But, you know, you could turn on any Phil Collins album and I'd totally listen to it. It wouldn't offend me and I would enjoy it. Um, And I think that's what he is to a lot of people. I've never met someone who's a rabid Phil Collins fan. I don't even think they exist. Um, It is kind of like every man pop, you know, Um, the kind of adult contemporary music that appeals to a very wide market of people because his music has something relatable in there. Um, I really like his use of the drum machine, which is ironic because he's a drummer. Um, But yeah, there's a ton of, a ton of, uh, earlier drum machines being used on his first solo album. Um, This series, as I mentioned before, is Phil Collins' A Tale of Three Wives. I wanted to uh, start this one out so in time for the Christmas special, it can crescendo up to the uh, current drama he is facing with his third wife. But this episode is about his first wife, Andrea Bertarelli. Some people are always meant to be on the outskirts of fame. They may be closely linked, but they themselves will never achieve fame or fortune. I feel in this case, Andrea Bertarelli is a perfect example of that. First of all, her name sounds a lot like another, a very famous singer, Andrea Bocelli. So even the name has like a, a slight peripheral brush with fame in and of itself. Um, Andrea and Phil met when they were only 11 years old in 1962 at a West End school for the performing arts. It was at the Barbara speak stage school in West London. They were both in school for drama and they were both in musicals. He was in Oliver and she was in Maggie May. There were so they were both young actors. And at the tender age of 14, their friendship blossomed into puppy love. Despite the young age, they dated for a very long time, all things considered. You know, I think 
one month seems like a long time when you're that age. They had a tumultuous on and off again relationship that lasted for about four years when it ended. Ugh. It ended when Andrea emigrated with her family to Vancouver, BC. Phil, in the meantime, started playing drums in Genesis at age 19 in 1970. And when they toured Canada, he and Andrea were reunited. In the meantime, she had had a child from a previous relationship named Jolie, who was an adorable little girl. And Phil and Andrea rekindled their, their passion and returned to Britain with him. And the couple married in 1975. They were both age 24. It was kind of a weird year for them to get married, though, because it was also the same year that Peter Gabriel left Genesis. And as fate would have it, Phil became the front man, the new front man of Genesis. So he went from being like the low-key, you know, drummer, you know, the shortest, you know, nothing wrong being super short. He was like the little guy in the band, um, you know, just a sweet little, you know, perceived as being somewhat benign, but a damn good drummer. Um, when he came, became the front man, he was suddenly the center of attention and he started becoming very ambitious about his career and his ego just grew and grew. It, it, it was probably too big for his small form to contain. Right after that, so pretty much right after they got married, Peter Gabriel left Genesis, and then Andrea found out she was pregnant. Only a few months into the pregnancy, Phil then announced he would be leaving on a world tour with Genesis. He just kind of sprung it on her. He may have probably, you know, he most likely already knew that when they were getting married. Because it takes several months to book even a small tour, a world tour that would probably last at least a year or so. I think that, I think that world tour lasted two years. Um, that requires intensive planning, especially before the age of the internet. You know, your manager had to make all these phone calls and write letters and send out press kits. Um, it was a lot less seamless than than it would be nowadays to do such a thing. Still, it's a lot of work. Um, so I think he knew, but he didn't tell Andrea at all. He was mum about it the whole time until right up to the last minute. I tell you what, that is so rude. Um, and Andrea's response was, she was concerned that she wouldn't be able to survive without him, you know, just alone with this baby and then plus they had Jolie who Phil adopted to his credit and she just didn't know she could make it you know they they had just gotten married and because she was pregnant she really needed that extra support Phil's side of the story is is that she gave him an ultimatum and said don't even think about coming back if you're going to go on the tour which that may have been said, but the crux of it is it wasn't right for him to go on tour. 
And so they kind of scheduled the tour to commence right when Simon was born. They're like, well, we'll wait until, until baby Simon is born. Spoiler alert, the baby was a boy and they named him Simon. <laughs> um, and he was born later than the due date. He was born two weeks later and she felt intense pressure to give birth because it was throwing off the tour. And eventually she just had labor induced so that baby Simon could be born and the tour could commence. Um, so he was born on September 14th, 1976. After only a day or so, Phil left on tour. <laughs> He's like, okay, great, the baby's born. I'm going to leave now. And Andrea was completely alone with a newborn baby, a four-year-old and two dogs in a huge London house. I mean, it, it's never said whether or not she had nannies. One moment. My speculation is hopefully, you know, they had a nanny or something or some sort of hired help to assist, but there's no record of it. In the meantime, while Phil was off gallivanting on, you know, all around the world, Andrea was having a very hard time breastfeeding baby Simon. So she had to switch to formula. And Simon had a horrible allergic reaction to it, and it resulted in severe psoriasis. So then he was hospitalized just as a newborn baby for two weeks because of it. And it was horrible. Can you imagine having to deal with that? Ugh. I just, I mean, just like by yourself, like there's some things that, yes, you can only do alone, but sometimes you just need that support. And she was only 25 and she already had another kid. It, it's I mean, I just think back to when I was 25, there's no way I could have had a kid. And I don't know if I ever want to have kids. You know, obviously I'm getting too old to have them anyway, so. But it's, I don't think people realize, like, you're still only 25 years old, you know? And Phil was philandering as well. Um, philandering. He was, you know basically living as a single man on the road. I feel that's what they do all, you know, anyway. Every chance they get, they try to screw around. Musicians, you know. They're all hoes. Um, but, you know, when you're the front man of some world-famous band, even if you look like Phil Collins at his very worst, you're going to get some major, you know, action. When Andrea tried to tell Phil about what was happening with baby Simon, Phil offered no sympathy. He told her just to get on with it and stop complaining. He was in a completely different world than her. Phil would come home during breaks, and sometimes Andrea and the children would visit him on school holidays. And so they would try to see each other, and so their, you know, Phil's presence was very sporadic with the with this batch of children. He went on to have more children with other women. At one point, Andrea was supposed to go to Japan with Phil on the tour. It was the one place she wanted to go. 
and they got into a horrible argument and Phil called his manager to cancel Andrea's ticket right in front of her. Can you believe that shit? I still haven't been to Japan yet. I really want to go. And if I thought I was going to go and somebody did that, I would just fucking lose it. I would lose it. That I would have, I would have left his ass then. You know what I mean? You don't just dangle something in front of someone, especially if you aren't able to get out much, you know, and you don't get to travel very much. And, you know, this is something that you want to do. Finally, a place that you want to go to. And you think you're going to go and then someone just kind of just takes all the control. It's weird. I, I wonder if he just controlled all the finances too because I would have been like, you know what, fuck it. I'm just going to buy myself a plane ticket to Japan and I'm going to go on my own. Maybe I'll see you there, Phil. That's that's what I would have done if I had the disposable income. Maybe he just controlled all the finances too. Um, he was prone to to temper tantrums and... His temper just grew increasingly on edge, and he would just scream at her in front of the kids. He was always losing his temper, and he would kind of bully her, you know? Andrea lost a ton of weight just from the stress and the loneliness and depression. So Phil goes back out on tour again, and the Collins home was being renovated at the time. And a friend, an unnamed friend of the Collinses was, was helping out. He was not a professional decorator. And he kept coming to the house and, you know, helping out and helping hang wallpaper and that sort of thing, painting. Um, and he was giving Andrea some very positive attention. And, you know, he was just nice. He was just kind. And he wasn't having temper tantrums. And... Andrea was vulnerable, and, and um, they indulged in a rather brief affair. She said it wasn't the best choice that she could have made, um, but she just felt vulnerable. And as soon as Phil came back from the tour, she confessed it to him, which she didn't have to do because... There were so many women that he was sleeping with, like, that that she didn't know about. She probably knew about a few of them. But she wasn't able to do a damn thing about it. And she told him about it. And the cracks in their marriage turned into straight, like, fault lines. That was, you know, like when brownies are baking and they start to crackle on top. That's what was happening. Their marriage was baking. <laughs> oh, yes, it was baking. Um, when Andrea, right around that time, Andrea's aunt died and she went back to Vancouver with the kids to attend the funeral and to spend some time there. She was also trying to get a little space from Phil because he was very unpleasant to be around at this time. You know, he he would go on these on the road and go on these press junkets and everyone was just Phil, Phil, Phil. You know, let me suck your dick. Let me, you know, let me just spend 5 minutes of time with you. You're so magnetic. You're so amazing. You're so hot. You know, even though they had to suspend their disbelief a little bit. Um he could be cute at times. You know, and it just like standing up on stage 
with, you know, in front of thousands of Adorium fans. I mean, this was at the height of arena rock, you know, where people, just thousands, I mean, playing out to huge, like, villages worth of people, you know, and everyone there to see you, and then just coming home, and, you know, your wife's having trouble breastfeeding, and, you know, there's real issues and real problems, and if that person is not completely in total adoration of you, you know, that is, isn't giving you the attention that you're used to getting on stage, it's going to seem massively, you know, uneven and unfair. So, Andrea eventually left him and moved back to the UK and within six months, she was started dating someone else. And she and Phil were still technically married, um, but they were living apart. And Phil became even more obsessive and controlling during this time. He, he showed up. Um, he would just show up unexpectedly at her house. And... Then Phil got a hold of her boyfriend's phone number and he started harassing the boyfriend. So he found time, he found time, you know, for, you know, harassing, you know, that was his priority. And he really, you know, he really played up his image as a cuckolded, spurned husband. So much so that when he made his first solo album, in 1981, he would play In the Air Tonight, which was apparently inspired by Andrea's affair with the interior decorator. And he would put a bucket of red or white paint next to it, and he would sing to the bucket of paint. The paint represented the interior designer encroaching upon their marriage. And it was a very, even though we can laugh about that now, that's somebody's feelings, that's somebody's marriage. And Andrea would see that on TV and it would just, it would crush and deflate her. And, you know, he he loved playing up this image of I'm just a real nice bloke and everybody loves me and I don't know what went wrong. I loved her so. And she went up and took up with another man, a paint hanger, a paper hanger or whatever, you know. He loved leaning into that because that got him sympathy. Um, and everyone gave him a huge pass because he was a rock star, you know. And... It's kind of funny because the actual reason, like the grounds for divorce, Andrea divorced him on grounds of his adultery. Okay? So that really, you know, that gives you gives you room to think. And I definitely think about, you know, the times I've been cheated on happened a long time ago 
And I did have opportunities actually to cheat on him. I did not do I did not do it. And sometimes I wish that I had honestly. And I don't think there that Andrea and Phil's marriage could have been saved whether she cheated on him or not because he had already fucked around on her so bad and their lives are on two different trajectories and her brush with his fame you know it it caused a lot of damage and Phil's relationship with the first two children even though now it's been somewhat more restored as they're adults um, it was more distant than with the other kids, you know, it's like that, that was like his first go. And, you know, there were some casualties on his upward rise to fame. So that concludes part one of Phil Collins, A Tale of Three Wives. Thank you so much for listening. I will bring the second wife next week um it should be pretty juicy i think this one is pretty juicy um i wish i had known you know who who the uh mysterious friend that uh you know doubled as an interior decorator was i was it was um interesting to read that he wasn't a professional decorator which that made sense because when i was like she slept with her interior decorator you know, I knew about that for years, but it always kind of stuck in my craw a little bit because it just didn't seem very professional to sleep with your clients. I have, I've read a lot of books written by interior designers about their clients and what, what it's like to deal with certain clients. And you do have to present a degree of buttering up and especially very wealthy, insecure clients who don't have much taste, not saying Andrea was that but in general um you have to be both professional but also make them feel confident in their tastes and um you know provide attentive care because you know you are you know they're entrusting you with their home and they're entrusting you to help them express an aesthetic that is pleasing and inviting. Um, so there is, you know, the, I think crossing that line into to sexual relations, um, I don't think that really happens very much because it would be a huge, you know, breach of trust, just like anywhere else, any other, you know, professional service. And then you start sleeping with them. It just, it would change it. Anyway, I have got to start shipping I've already gotten some orders since the podcast started. I'm going to go get some spinach today and make a huge thing of it. And I also want to finish my Scottish fantasy dress. It is coming along so smoothly. And I'm going to make some Princess Diana t-shirts. And I'm going to try to have a beautiful day. I hope you guys have a great week. Thank you so much for listening. I'm looking forward to bringing you part two of this series. Take care and have a wonderful day. Take care. Bye-bye.